You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, a writer, entrepreneur, and change maker, and I've dedicated my life to sharing stories of how people make meaning in their work and find purpose in their lives. You just heard a great original composition by my son, Asher Schreiber. This podcast highlights some of the great ideas and activities people do every day to make the world a better place. So much of the meaning we find comes from interacting with great people, developing relationships that are mutually beneficial, and doing work that inspires. I hope you'll be inspired by the people you meet on this podcast. We all need to find a way to make meaning in the mundane. Welcome back to the Make Meaning Podcast. I'm Lynn Galadner, and today I have the delight to speak with Brenda Meller of Meller Marketing. Welcome to the show, Brenda. Thank you so much, Lynn. Excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So I've known you in so many capacities, and I love watching the growth of your business. I think it's just so unique, and it's simple, but it's profound. Um, so I'm really impressed with what you're doing, and I'm excited to talk with you a little bit about it here. Um, but I thought maybe we could start with you sharing a little bit about... Um, sort of the leap from a traditional career to going out on your own and really shaping something that was driven by your passion and your talent. Mm -hmm. um, so how you made that leap, gathered the courage to do it, and then it's just been taking off. Can you share a little bit about that journey? Sure. So, you know, it was never, I was never one of those people that said, someday I will do this. This will be the path that I'll be going on. And I'm building that path to go towards it. But I think always in the back of my mind, uh, being self-employed, being an entrepreneur had always intrigued me. Uh -huh. And I, I guess like throughout my career, I've always worked in marketing and I've been on corporate side, agency side. And I, I had a knack I figured out for social media and it kind of my, I don't know if you, my, my LinkedIn story, uh -huh. but in 2008, I was with a former employer and kind of hit the proverbial glass ceiling at my job <laughs> and realized that I needed to make a move. And if you remember 2008, that was probably the worst time ever to think oh, about yeah. making a move. Oh, yeah. So I kind of stepped up my efforts on LinkedIn and made a connection with an, an individual who had posted a job at Walsh College oh, wow. and kind of realized the power of social media. Yeah. So when I joined Walsh, we had been doing, we, we started doing a series of workshops for the unemployed, the displaced, and I led a, a social media for job seekers class. And I kind of figured I had a knack both for understanding social media and for teaching it and sharing it with others. That's great. So over time, you know, it was just, I leaned into it, I guess, if you will. I, uh -huh. I you know, started blogging about it and I was approached for speaking engagements. And eventually I set up an LLC on the side, just, you know, just to have it there. And I had sure. some paid clients approaching me. And again, it was never like this was a path I was going to move towards. It was always I, I admired people, people like you that I saw had done it, you know, before <laughs> like, how, how do you make that leap? And, um, you know, going from, you know, my situation uh, being the breadwinner yeah. and having the salary and the benefits and, and never feeling like I could really walk away from that and yeah. do something on my own. But uh, as as luck would have it, the universe presented that opportunity to me that, you know, I probably never would have had the courage to do otherwise, but sure. I had an opportunity to evaluate career paths. And at the same time, I had people start approaching me asking me to help out with side projects. And then I realized that the interviews were great because I was meeting great people, but I just wasn't excited about them. I was excited about the consulting path. Oh, so wow. yeah, I really just decided to put two feet in on it and the doors opened and here we are today. 
That is awesome. It's such an inspiring story because um, you, you're great at networking. You're great at building relationships and using that connecting both in person and digitally, you know, virtually um, to, to build your profile, build your footprint. And that's what you're also guiding other people in doing. So bravo to you. That's Thank really you. fantastic. <laughs> but it I was never, it. you know, I want to stress it was, it was, I think, in, intentional in that I knew what I liked to do yeah. and I knew how to work it within the scope of the career that I had, the position that I had. And and complimented the work that I did. But it was also, I guess, in the background, I was building up this business. I was building up this concept and really my personal brand. I was establishing myself. Sure. So, uh, you know, it was. And then when I had the chance, I was, it was there. You know, people <laughs> people say it was this overnight success. Well, it really wasn't. It was really a, a lot of steps going into that process. But yeah. I've always, you know, had that uh, school of thought that when you're working for an employer, that is not your desk. That is not your computer. That is not your phone. That is a desk that is given to you while you were an employee of that organization. That right. email address is the email address you were given. And you always need to think about where you might go next. So sure. I've always had that in the back of my mind, too. You know, what what would I do if I was not here? Where, where would I go next? Right. And whether that's working for another employer or working for yourself, I think it's always important to think, what might you do if, yeah. you, if you didn't have that safety and security of that employment? Well, it's interesting, too, because your point about how it was sort of building up on the side unknowingly for all those years um, is a great point that I think our listeners should really pay attention to is that most people don't make the leap instantaneously. They don't just decide one day I'm going to go out on my own and they just quit their job and go and everything starts you know snowballing. I think a lot of people incubate ideas and really build them sort of in their minds and then in reality step by step over time. I know I did that. You know, when, before I got into PR I was a journalist, but that last year of freelance journalism, I was taking on PR clients. And so it was like a, a transition of from one into the other so that I had the security, but I could get my feet wet, make my mistakes and not be wholly reliant on the new steps, you know, and then all of a sudden when you see that you're successful and you've hit your sweet spot, it's okay to take that leap. You know that you can do it. You Absolutely. Know? And I think that's, you know, it's a good point too. I, I see a lot of people either they have thought about doing this and they start with, you know, in our day, it used to be called moonlighting, right? And now <laughs> yes. it's the side hustle. But <laughs> they start it. with the side hustle kind of subtly on the side. And when they can, you know, like I was doing, they would they would use something that would complement their job, but still was something where it was an outlet for them. It was just something they really enjoyed doing. And, you know, I have a couple of clients right now that I'm working with and they have to kind of keep the side hustle quiet because uh -huh. they don't want it to conflict with or jeopardize their current employment situation. Sure. But they've kind of set a date, you know, by January, by June of next year. I'll, I'll make the leap and I'll be moving. So in the meantime, any revenue that's coming in, they're putting that in the bank and that's their safety net. Exactly. So that when they do go out, you know, I mean, yeah, we ha we all have to eat and we have to pay rent or mortgage <laughs> or put our yep. kids through school. You can't not have that income. And, um, you know, we're adults now. We're not just kids who can just say, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go live with mom and dad in the basement. Yes. But, um, you know. I remember those days. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I think at some point, you you know, you get to a point with your career, you have to love what you're doing. You're going to be successful if you love what you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, for me, when I first went, I, when I first thought about leaving and, and really staying on my own, when I had this conversation conversation with my husband. It was, you know, it was a hard conversation to have. And I committed to it before really telling him I was going to do it. Okay. And it was, there was some tough conversations that went along with that and some emotional conversations that went along with that too. I'm sure. But Scary. I told him, I said, I want to live my dream. And this is something I don't want to look back and say, I wish I would have. Yeah. I wish I would have given it a try. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, I'm a responsible adult. I'll go back and find another job. But there's so much opportunity, I think, in the field that I'm doing, social media marketing. Yeah. And I'm having a blast with it. So I drive my success. I leave That's that. That's awesome. I love Love it. So, um, so Meller Marketing, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's your name, it's your brand. Um, everybody can say they do marketing, mm -hmm. but everybody does it a little differently. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear a little bit about what you think, um, 
makes you stand out from the crowd, what you specialize in your niche. So you can share a little bit about what Meller Marketing can sure, do. Sure, sure. So I always tell people Meller Marketing, we, we or I help people in businesses with marketing and social media, and I specialize in LinkedIn. Okay. So even that description itself, I, I could go broader and more descriptive and you've used fancier words in there, but ultimately I work with individuals who either are um, self-employed consultants and need uh, some help with marketing and social media, and they really need to understand it and how to use it effectively. Or from an organization standpoint, it might be they don't have a full-time marketer on staff, or they don't have somebody with the the depth of social media or LinkedIn that I can offer them. So I'm kind of complimenting what they do. Sure. So, um, you know, I, I target a variety of different clients and organizations that I'm working with, but there's usually a gap that I'm filling in in their skill set. Okay. And, and helping them out either on a project part-time basis or sometimes on, a, on an ongoing basis. So if uh, somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I, I know, kind of know what marketing is. I'm not really sure. What does that entail? You know, would you say there's like one or two things that people could start focusing on in terms of marketing instead of making it so unwieldy? Yeah. You know, an area that's like an easy, something to, to bite yeah. off? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the, the really easy things to do would be, you know, identify two to three actual competitors and two to three aspirational competitors. Okay. And what I mean by that, an actual competitor, if I'm a coffee shop, it's the coffee shop up the street. Sure. Right. An aspirational competitor in the coffee category would be Starbucks, you know, a large national organization. So start by kind of identifying them. And then, you know, an easy thing to do is do a scan of them on social media. Try to understand who are their target audiences based on who they're they're speaking with. What are their key messages? Which types of posts work well? What's the frequency of posts? What time of day do they post? Day of the week? And how do they communicate with their audiences. Okay. And along with that, even the actual competitors, there, there sometimes can be some research that that um, could lead to business development opportunities for you. So for example, you see that coffee shop up the street and some of their customers are complaining about their hours or the coffee's uh-huh. always cold. They don't have a lot of flavors. Sure. You can use that as a key message to def- differentiate yourself and what you're doing from a marketing perspective. And this is something you can do free. You know, just yeah. It takes your time, obviously, to do the scan. But um, can be something to help jumpstart your marketing. And it's worth the time because you really understand the market you're in, what's around you, and, and you've got to know that. Otherwise, absolutely. you're going to have a blind spot. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. absolutely. And from the aspirational competitors, you know, the big players out there, the Tim Hortons and Starbucks, they've invested a lot of time and money and they probably have a research department or an agency in place. Yeah. So why not benefit from their learnings? Sure. Right? Yeah, take it. Take it. It's out there. Yeah. Um, we're in that, you know, era of public consumption. So absolutely. consume, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to ask you about public Yes. And you have to tell me. <laughs> okay. Twist <laughs> my arm. Yes. I mean, it's become – so I love it because it's such an interesting little nuance about you. Yeah. Um, you'll have to tell our listeners what I'm talking about, but then tell me how you've used it as a marketing tool for yourself. Right. So it's kind of funny because it's taken on really a life of its own. So um, I don't even remember where where and when I started bringing it into conversations. But, you know, a lot of times when a presenter will start talking and they'll tell a little bit about their background, you know, if they have a dog and their kids' names and what they're up to, whatever. And I started bringing bringing into the conversation, you know, my loves in life are coffee, pie, and chocolate. Okay. And, you know, coffee is almost a universal business drink. There's so many people that love it. You know, it does it does bring people together. Uh, chocolate, certainly, it's beloved by many. But pie is one of these more unique things. Yeah. And you all know there's the bacon people and there's the cupcake people. You know who they are, <laughs> yeah. right? We all have somebody. In my network, it's Michael Lesnich is the bacon person. Okay. Amber, um, Carden, I don't know if you remember Amber from Walsh, but uh, she's the the cupcake. She likes uh, the frosting and stuff. Okay. So there's those people. But pie wasn't really uh, something that I saw anybody owning. And I 
you know, I really, I do like pie. In the beginning, I would say, <laughs> do I really love it or is it just something that's unique? But I think back to one of my earliest memories is, you know, my mom and I at the Michigan State Fair, we ended up pie baking contest together, mother and daughter. Oh, wow. And we had matching outfits. We didn't win. I don't, it was like an <laughs> apple pie. I don't remember, you okay, know. wait, is there a, a picture of these matching outfits I, in the pie? There has to be. I cannot find oh, it. Oh, we need there it. You've to got be. to hunt it down. Right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, go ahead. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those early memories. And I just always like pie. And I think, you know, part of it is, you know, as we grow older, we have to be very careful about the calories we consume. Yes. And in the workplace, when you have anniversaries and retirement parties, and there's this big sheet cake that they would bring out. <laughs> and I'm just not a cake person. Just please take pure sugar with icing. Oh, yeah. And I just don't like it. Right. But if you bring out pie, I'm like, that's pretty good. You got the crust. You got the fruit. How can you go wrong? Right? <laughs> I love it. So it started to be, you know, in the beginning, it was I would tell people, you know, my loves in life. And then I would go around the room if it's a small group. And I would say, tell me, you know, your name, your job title, what you're hoping to learn here today. And what's your favorite kind of pie? And it it ends up being it loosens people up. It's a connector of people. Sure. And um, what I found is, you know, there's a lot of similarities, pie and marketing. And, you know, pie is something that you share with other people. It's not like a cupcake or a Right. Slice of bacon that it's something you individually consume, but it's something you share with other people. You better share it with other right? people. I mean, really, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Or else you're going to have a, a, an addiction problem with pie. And, um, you know, pie, you know, the crust makes the difference. So the outside, you know, what the world sees is it, it really can, can make or break that pie. And that's, I think, an important element of marketing. Yeah. And then the filling, you know, your core idea is uh-huh. really important as well. So there's a lot of similarities that I, that I use when I talk about the pie analogy. So once upon a time, I was doing a presentation. And I had a concept, um, and it was a concept, and then kind of the results or actions you can take with that concept. It was a marketing presentation. And the concept slide, I'd have a picture of fruit, and Uh then the results or action would be a pie that was made from that fruit. Oh, nice. Throughout the presentation, I had the hashtag social media pie because it was a presentation about social media. Okay. And I got home from the event that night, and people were actually tweeting using social media pie, and it started to kind of blow up. And then, you know, it kind of simmered down, and then two weeks later, it started resurging again, and it was people from the same presentation. And it was, I was posting something about another day about another topic and it wasn't even related to pie and I had people jumping in with this hashtag social media pie and uh-huh. and I was like wow this is starting to happen now so um, as any smart marketer would do I went out immediately onto all the social media channels and reserved <laughs> social media pie yeah uh, because I don't know where this is going to go but if somebody yeah. were to be tweeting and do an ad handle instead of a hashtag right. I wanted to reserve it yeah but yeah it's just become a personality it's um it's fun it's a fun element it's something non-related to my business that I'm passionate about but that I can certainly bring into my talks to okay. make things kind of relatable yeah yeah so, and you said that at talks, sometimes you'll give away a pie. I do. Every yeah. time I do a talk, I actually am giving a presentation tonight to a group of um, individuals in career transition, and I'll do a pop quiz at the end, and the person who gets 100% right will win a pie. Wow, I so, love it. Yeah. I think you need to deal with like Ackett's or Grand Traverse Pie Company right? or some local yeah. bakery where you're like, you have your own account and you just show up and you're like, okay, this week I need Tuesday and Friday and Sunday and right. let, you know, order your pies. And right. They just know, here comes Brenda, it's time right. for social media pie. There you go. There you go. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's just so unique. It's, it's fabulous. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, on this show, we talk about how people make meaning in their work, find purpose in their lives. And so um, I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit about, you know, where you find your meaning, um, how you've, you know, really poured purpose into your work. Um, maybe you could talk a little bit about both. Sure. So I think, you know, part of where my consulting and where my interest with social media is, is in that category of helping people in a career transition or in a career path. Okay. Um possibly part of the way deal with dealing with the fact that when I was at Walsh and we started ramping, it was a social media for job seekers. You know, it was back in 2008, 2009 when the economy really was in a, um, a state 
that it was in at the time. And there was a lot of people out there trying to figure out what do I do next? You know, yeah. I've been an engineer all my life. There are no engineering jobs. Now what do I do? That's my identity. What do I do now? Yeah. Um, and in those situations, you know, there's transferable skills that we had. And sometimes it was, well, maybe that's not your passion. Maybe that was the job that you did for the past 20, 30 years, but maybe there's another path for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just, I've, I guess I've always had an interest in helping to guide people towards what is it that's next for you and what do you really what really makes you happy uh-huh. and not to be stuck in the same job and have those golden handcuffs that are keeping you in place but yeah. kind of evaluating that um, and yeah you know, I guess the other side of it is the using the skills that we have and using the talents that we have to help others and I you know have have kind of that knack for marketing sure there's people out there that are CPAs and tax accountants and they are passionate I have a, I have a friend Susan she is passionate about tax day and yeah she loves doing it and she's like giddy about it and <laughs> and I know she's a great tax person because of that and and, you know, I could change the oil in my car. I'm just not passionate about it. So I'll pay somebody to do that. So there's that expression, you know, teach a man to fish and he'll never go hungry for a day in his life. And I've kind of evaluated and modified that. So, you know, but uh, let the man pay you if he wants you to buy the fish for him. And, you know, I think you and I are in that world, right? Yes. They'll come to us. I mean, certainly they could do a press release on their own or media relations, but yeah. they would do it. Uh, learning it as they go and, and people like you who are experts and who have the Thank connections, you. right? Yeah. yeah. In the industry to pull from and it's much easier and it's something you love and you're passionate about. You know, it's funny. I did um, over the years I've done some different do-it-yourself PR seminars because I, I believe that none of this is rocket science and that there are little things people can do internally on their own to cut costs, especially small startups or, mm-hmm. you know, entrepreneurs just getting going. Um they don't always have to hire a really expensive firm to do it for them. They could bite off a little bit on their own. But I find them it's very hard to sell those DIY PR seminars mm-hmm. because even if people can, they don't want they don't to. They want to, right. <laughs> you know, so if they say that you're too expensive, it just really means that right now they don't see the value in it. Mm-hmm. But they certainly aren't going to start doing it themselves because they're doing whatever they're good at, right. whatever their passion is. And so um, that's really important to, to identify and to realize that, um, you know, we all do – what we love to do. And that can be where some of the passion comes from and some of the purpose. But I love how you identified um, helping people who are seeking jobs or in between jobs or somehow their career has transitioned in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, it does add some purpose to it to to really um, elevate what you're doing. So you're not just marketing the big box right. stores. You're right. really helping somebody who needs it. And it it's paying it forward in a yeah. lot of ways. You Absolutely. Know? And I, I had a friend when I was kind of first in my path of career transition in between successes, if you will. And she and I, she and I would get together. Her name's Amanda. And she and I would um, I would coach her and counsel her. And she was negotiating salary. And I would kind of help her with that. And then I was talking about ramping up my business and how to set my pricing and how to you know kind of approach things. And she was nudging me from the side. So we almost became... Um, career coaches, we call each other career whisperers for one another. And, <laughs> I love it. And she's still the kind of person I even texted her the other day. And I said, you know, based on her advice, I've been doing some different things with my packaging and pricing. And I said, hey, I want and I and and I'm, you know, we're kind of accountability partners yeah. to one another. And we reach out to each other and we we're, we're touchstones for that. But I think definitely having somebody supporting you uh, who's passionate about the same thing that you're doing, I think is really important. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so as we wind down, I'd love to know what your vision is for your business. You know, in a couple of years, where would you like Meller Marketing to be? Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> and I feel like it's been um, such a wild and uh, just, I can't believe where I'm at right now in the time frame. You know, in, in a little under a year, I can't believe where I'm at right now. And, you know, having worked a job full-time for an employer for every 
ounce of my career up to this point. It's been the first time where I'm really setting the rules as I go and I'm defining where where I want to go. And I I don't have an eight to five, but you know, it's really my working time is any anytime I'm awake. You know, whether <laughs> I, you know it is when you're building things up. It's weekdays, weekends. Yeah. But I love what I'm doing all the time. So I'm at the point now where I'm starting to evaluate co-working spaces. So oh, nice. I've already looked at I don't know if you you had the space too. I started with the home office in one place in my basement and yep. I moved it to a second place in the basement. <laughs> and um, now I'm starting to realize that the Paneras and the Starbucks. Well, they're great meeting locations. I'd love to have a little bit more professional space. I'm not yeah. at the monthly rental uh, right, place just right. yet, but I'm starting to look at co-working. And I'm almost, it's almost like, you know, um, think about building a railroad and I'm putting one track in front of the <laughs> next right now. And I'm perfectly comfortable with that. And I have every uh, confidence in where my business will going. But I really like right now not knowing where yeah. it's going next and, and being able to control how fast or slow I grow because I can have more time with my family. Yeah, You know, absolutely. this summer, I don't know if I shared with you, but I, I had one day a week where I marked my calendar, no work. Uh-huh. And I committed to doing something with the kids every day. And, you yep. know, in the beginning of summer, we were, I was a little better than towards the end of the summer. <laughs> but I did make more time for my family. And I've never been able to do that before. So I want to make sure I'm keeping that balance with family now as I grow my business. Yeah, I find, um, you know, my kids are all teenagers. And somebody told me when they were little that, you know, oh, they need you around more when they're teenagers. And I thought, what are you talking about? They're <laughs> they're going to be able to drive. They don't need me to dress them or to feed them or whatever. But it's really true. The older they get, the more they actually need you present and listening and paying attention. Um, and so I've even found that as my kids get older, I'm trying to pare down a little bit and only do what I need to do right. so that I can be there more because in a, mm-hmm. the blink of an eye, they're going to be gone. They're going to be off on their own. And, yeah. you know, then we, there's all the time in the world to work. So, right. Exactly. You know? <laughs> we'll always be there. We may yeah. still go to the pool in the summer, you yeah. know, one day a week, no work. And I'm right. just sitting in the sun and that's great. But, um, you got to cherish those moments because they don't come twice. You do. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we wind down, I wonder if you have any parting words of wisdom or advice for the listeners of our podcast mm-hmm. about how they can find their purpose, make their own meaning in the work that they do. Sure. So I'm guessing that some of your listeners are are listening to this because they are looking for inspiration. <laughs> they are looking for direction. And what that would tell me is that they're, they're not completely 100% happy with where they are. And I read this expression once, and I don't know if it's attributable to somebody, but, you know, you know, if you're not happy with where you are, you are not a tree. You can move. Yes, you know, you I like can that. make actions to make <laughs> those changes. And even if it's just taking one small top step towards that, whether that is reaching out to somebody who is in your dream job and asking them, how did you get started? Yeah. Or starting to listen to books on CD or Audible or other places and just sure. starting to kind of open up the possibilities. Where might you go? Um, there's a document that I share with um, some of the, the folks that I work with. It's a career strategy document. So sure. your your resume is your history and your career strategies. What is your path moving forward? Ah. And it's really meant to hmm. be just for you. It's just a worksheet that you do um, on your own. And I would bring it with me when I met people for coffee or or lunch and they would inevitably say, what's next for you? Where do you want to go? And I would say, well, here's kind of my strategy. Yeah. And in the beginning, it was looking for a full-time marketing leadership position in a different industry. And then, you know, midway, it, it became or consulting. And then I think the last time I updated it, I was really looking at consulting pretty heavily. Wow. But it helped to give me focus. And even the act of filling out this, you know, career strategy document, I put on paper what I wanted. Okay. Not what I've done, but what yeah. I wanted to do next. Wow. And it really helped to give me focus. So I think that might be something for your, for your listeners to think about. That's great. I love that that the resume is your history, but then you have a career strategy to move you forward. Absolutely. I really never phrased it that way, but it's it's a beautiful concept. Because yeah, your your resume is 
behind. It is. It's it's, it's what you've forward. done. It's yeah. all factual. It's all there. And you know, even anything. I mean, even on LinkedIn, you know, you should really be thinking about not just cataloging everything that you do, yeah, but really thinking about framing everything that you have on your LinkedIn to demonstrate why are you qualified to do what you're doing now, and yeah. how does it position you to those next opportunities, whether that's finding clients or positioning yourself as a great employee and brand ambassador, so that <laughs> other employers want to scoop you up, right? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me on today's Make Meaning podcast, Brenda Meller of Meller Marketing. It has been a pleasure to interview you. Thank you so much, Lynn. This has been a blast. Appreciate it. Thanks.